understated presents LA Underground with Lucan. Girl, I'll house you. Say what? LA Underground. Now give me something to dance to. Dance to. Understated LA. This is only the beginning. Clever the way everything blends together. And my sound's laid down by the underground. LA Underground. About Luca. Luca. A message from Understated. Armad Arbery, Brianna Taylor, George Floyd. Rest in peace. The most important thing we can do right now is to never forget their names and to always say their names so that we don't lose sight of what it is we're actually trying to accomplish during this time of seeking change and justice. Secondly, Whilst we're sad to see our city and other cities across America in the state of unrest that began over the weekend, we also understand and acknowledge the deep pain many of these marginalized and underprivileged communities are in, some of which we, from mostly privileged backgrounds, use as places to throw parties in, while rarely ever giving back to the communities we use as backdrops for our privileged hedonism. And from here on out, we pledge at Understated to be a more active force for change in these communities. We encourage other event promoters, party crews and venue owners to join us in becoming more active in giving back to these communities as well. As a label, artist collective and event brand, diversity and inclusion have been at the core of Understated values since our inception. And we've always strived to foster an environment in which these values are upheld to the highest standard. From the diversity of the artists whose music we have released, to the diversity of lineups at our events. However, we feel it's our duty to our community and to this culture to do more. Aside from donating to some of the various and numerous causes, such as relief funds to bail out protesters and people of colour, who've been jailed for minor offences, as well as the NAACP and Black Lives Matter. We are currently working on creating other plans of action to fight against the injustices that have plagued the black community in this country. We aim to acknowledge the musical roots of a culture that we have all inhabited and benefited from for far too long, while sitting back on the sidelines watching its creators suffer at the hands of oppression. It's now time for us to be more unified than ever. The betterment of conditions for black lives is the betterment of America, and it's up to us to be a part of the change. Let's keep making our voices heard. Let's be on the right side of history together. Welcome to Understated Presents LA Underground. You're listening to the Understated Recordings Podcast, L.A. Underground. Do you know what the most frightening thing in the world is?
frightening thing in the world is. Hello, it's me, Rukin, and in the background there is a track from our special guest this week. It's Garno. He's an artist from Canada, and this track is called Rainforest, and it's forthcoming on Understated Recordings. It's here. So we've got such a great episode lined up this week. Like I mentioned, the special guest is Garno. I had a great time chatting with him just the other day. And after the interview, he also delivered a brilliant guest mix. So I'm sure you're going to love that. Coming up in the background right now is a new track coming out on Defected. It's from Boys Noise and it's M. Vinline. I'm so addicted, I just can't get enough 
number in my phone Maybe I can take you home Maybe, baby, I can bone Maybe, baby, give me dough Put your number in my phone Maybe I can take you home Maybe, baby, I can bone Maybe, baby, give me dough You can pick up LA Underground wherever podcasts are available, but we do appreciate your subscription and reviews on iTunes. Let us know what you think on our socials. You can get in touch with us at Understated Recordings, at Understated LA, or me directly at Rukin Official. Put your number in my phone. Maybe I can take you home. Maybe, baby, I can bounce. Maybe, baby, give me down. Put your number in my phone. Maybe I can take you home. Maybe, baby, I can bounce. Maybe, baby, give me down. Before this was Tabasco with Body Rap. Uh, that comes out this week. And right now in the background, you're listening to Case of the Monday's latest track called My Phone. Back with another one, you know, beat my dick, did a little like. Go be on some real shit, some sensitive shit. Put your number in my phone, baby, I can take you home. Maybe, baby, I can bounce, maybe, baby, give me dumb. Put your number in my phone, maybe, I can take you home. Maybe, baby, I can bounce, maybe, baby, give me dumb.
So in the background there is a great track from John Summer. It's called Deep End. I just love the vocal on that and he's knocking out some amazing tech house of late. So coming up now is the interview with our special guest this week. This is an interview I recorded just last weekend with Garno. So joining me in the studio for this episode is a special guest. He's a native of Vancouver, Canada, a regular in the understated family. He is released already as a producer for labels like Main Course Records, Index Life, Moonlight, Psycho Disco, obviously understated as well. He will be soon releasing a remix for Ardalan on Dirty Bird. And he is a really eclectic producer, producing music in all sorts of different variations of the dance music genre, from house music to more down-tempo stuff to more breaks. Really talented in the studio and also behind the decks as well. During the lockdown, he has done live streams for Understated, of course, as you know, but also for Dirty Bird as well. Please welcome to the studio, Garno. How are you? I'm good. How you doing, man? Thanks for having me on. Doing great. It's so great to have you on the show. We um, premiered your track in the last episode, Spring V2, and I immediately called up the boys and said, you know, we, we should get Garno on the show. And I'm so glad that you said yes. So welcome. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm, I'm really happy to be here and uh, I'm glad I was able to work out. So it would be remiss of me to dive into a traditional interview with an artist right now, given where we are. Uh, how's the pandemic been 
for you in Vancouver? What's the experience been like? I was pretty chaotic initially, you know, the, the sort of panic set in as I think it did everywhere. And you, you know, you definitely noticed it when you're out and about. But as time's gone on, uh, I actually live just outside of Vancouver. So it's, it's not quite as densely populated. You go around town, everyone's wearing masks, everyone's wearing gloves. I was off work for two months straight as a, as a result. It's been stressful, but you know, there's this false sense of normalcy that's sort of setting in, you know, you get used to it and you sort of build a routine around the, the new lifestyle, but for sure spending lots of time at home, that's, there's no doubt about that. What's your day job normally? What, what were you giving up? Uh, I'm a commercial painter. So obviously I can't go into people's homes and repaint their house during a, a time like this. I've recently gone back to work just by working outside. So I'm on my own, I'm away from people and I'm outside the entire time. So it's uh, about as safe as I can get as far as work goes. And who's in your lockdown crew? Who's in your house right now? My girlfriend and our two cats and her father lives in our basement suite downstairs. So it's a tight little family home. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, I often think uh, about people in this time who live on their own, and I think that must be really difficult right now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think if you're not uh, comfortable spending time on your own, you might go a little stir-crazy after a few months. On top of all of that, we're obviously having a really strange and difficult time in the U.S. as well, and we've got the National Guard on the streets of L.A. today after all wow. of the police brutality protests that have turned to looting and rioting. What's it like in Canada looking into the United States right now? How to be polite about this. <laughs> Don't be, be honest. It's quite interesting. I mean, obviously there's a lot of things in common with both countries, but it's certainly watching everything unfold. It just seems so violent is the first word that comes to mind looking at what's going on in the United States. And it's sad, and I understand why people are, are rioting, but watching it from the sidelines, you know, I feel sort of being where I am, I sort of feel helpless. You can only do so much online, you know, you can donate to Minnesota, you know, you can voice your opinion and how you feel about it. But at the end of the day, I feel like I'm sort of helpless in this situation. Yeah, I think I think that's a, a pretty familiar feeling all around, you know, mm -hmm. asking ourselves, what can we do to help? How can we be advocates and protectors for people of color and and how do we end this cycle? And I think we're all excited about when we can get back to some normalcy in our scene because it's such a refuge, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. And certainly some form of uh, escapism to music, you know, it's a good way to get away from the constraints of regular life. Is that how it was for you at the beginning? How did you get into all this? It sort of almost happened by chance. Uh, I was originally born on the east side of the country and I moved out west because honestly, I wanted to be in the mountains and go skiing, but I met a good friend of mine there and we both got into DJing at the same time. I think from listening to a lot of BBC actually, all the essential mixes, you know, around 2010. And we just, yeah, we started clicking around. I think it was virtual DJ is what we started with just over a decade ago. And then quickly got into Serato, which was sort of the, the standard at the time. And that was it, you know, like I, I was hooked. I'd, I'd, always, I'd always loved music, but once I actually was able to sort of, you know, start putting songs together for people and like watching the reaction of a crowd and that was it, I was, I was hooked, I needed more. What was the first essential mix that really lit your world up? Do you remember? There's two in particular that really jump out at me. Not necessarily the first ones I heard, but the first ones that really made me go, wow, like music is, is something. The fake blood one, 
he did almost 10 years ago, I want to say now, that was, and he did it as a concept as like the party and the after party. So the first hour of the mix is basically all bangers and then it gets into sort of more late night stuff. And I love that, that concept. It sort of showed more dynamic range in music. And the other one was Flying Lotus when he did his LA album. And that, that completely blew my mind. because I, I, you know, I remember the Flying Lotus as well. Yeah, I'd never heard anything like that before in my life, you know, and that completely, like, I think it's one of the first records I've, I ever bought, actually, once I decided to start collecting music. I was like, Flying Lotus changed my life. I need to buy that record. You know, it's interesting that those are the two that you picked out because they're very eclectic mm -hmm. artists, right? And your body of work, even at this point, is very diverse. Why is it so diverse? It's an attribute. But how did it get yeah. like that? I don't know. I think maybe the music I listened to growing up, you know, like I went through a couple of schools when I was a kid. So obviously I was around different groups of people with different tastes. I listened to a lot of trip hop when I was younger. You know, I think of old uh, DJ Food, Cold Cut, RGD2, and they always had these crazy samples from all over the place. And I think I was fascinated how they made this music. And then it sort of leads you, you know, like you listen to old trip hop and it's a lot of soul and funk and jazz samples. And then you get into that sort of music the whole hip hop side of things, which again was all sample based. So I, I think it was, I was fascinated on how people were taking one style of music and inventing it to something completely new. Cause it's pretty much limitless, you know, there's no reason you can't take a jazz beat and turn it into a house track. Yeah, I mean, house music is obviously so reliant on samples and the most successful music comes as a crossover from other genres, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, what's your process when you get into the studio? Like, are you going in, because I'm interested because of the diversity of your right. of your range, right? Are you, are you going in, right, today I'm going to make this kind of work? Is it quite strategic or, or is it more how you're feeling on a day? How's your process work? Honestly, it's, it's pretty 50-50. Sometimes I'll get like a little melody or a, an idea in my head and I work around that. You know, I'll sit down and be like, oh, I've got this, you know, cool percussion pattern I want to put together and I'll build a track around that. Other times I have absolutely no idea and I'll just be listening to mixes online or something and I'll hear something that inspires me and I'll try to like recreate that one little two bar loop that I really liked and build a track off for that. But more often than not, I find the big thing with me is I'll start a million sketches. I might start a track at 130 BPM thinking it's going to be a party track and Two days later, I've slowed it way down and it's something that's more down tempo. Like I, I find that they often evolve. They sort of take their own course. It's rare that I sit down. I'm like, I'm going to make a house track and it finishes as a house track. And usually there's something along the way that changes it. That's interesting that BPM is quite important to you, like the pace of a track. Can you talk about that a little bit? If you listen to a lot of my mixes, I, I try to do, I'm all about the crescendo. I like to start a little slower, a little less energy and build up from there. And I find over the years of doing that, there's obviously a big correlation to the tempo. You know, so just because obviously something is significantly faster doesn't necessarily mean it's more energetic, but I've sort of certainly found a big relation between the two. And that's sort of how it ends up working for me. You know, if I'm playing at 115, chances are it's a pretty loungy sort of vibe as opposed to playing at 160 where you're getting more into like footwork or even drum and bass influence sort of stuff, right? I find it's harder to keep a relaxed atmosphere when you're going that fast. There's something really cool, isn't there? I, I've done a lot of opening up over the years and I love it. I actually really love building a vibe in a room. Oh, it's great. Um, and you can do a lot of interesting things by taking bangers and dropping them down in the BPM so that they suddenly have a different groove 
in a way. Absolutely. Yeah. I agree. So do you yeah. find yourself playing with that as well when you're when you're out and about? I do. Yeah, definitely. I've got a handful of songs that are, you know, were made at a higher tempos or slower tempos, and I'll deliberately warp them because it delivers a really cool effect or it sort of changes. Yeah, it changes the energy of the song. So what are you working on right now? Right now, I'm wrapping up a couple of different things. Main focus has actually been my new label that I've started recently called Club Designs. So I've been pushing that heavily. The first EP was by myself. We just wrapped that up and we're about to launch the second EP by an artist from Texas called Club Cab. He's sort of shrouded in mystery. He's quite, he doesn't have much of a presence online. I think that's also part of the appeal because he's, you know, not... It's not a household name to most people. So we're, we're getting ready to launch that EP, which is quite exciting. I'm wrapping up a four-track vinyl EP with a good friend of mine, Max Ulis, who helps run and coordinate Space Coast Festival here in Canada. And I'm, I'm really happy with those songs. Not entirely sure when that's coming out, but I'll get on that. And then obviously wrapping up this EP for Understated, a six-track EP. Yeah, we're really excited about that release. Yeah, me too. It's been uh, a long time coming, you know. It's been uh, just over a year since I did the last EP, and I've been sort of slowly working towards it, so it's nice to finally see it all come to fruition. Do you sometimes need that time in between projects of, the, yeah. of a similar kind of vibe? Like, is that how it works for you? Totally. I mean, like I said, it, it's rare that I sit down and I know what I'm going to make. So I, I need the time because I need to just mess around in the studio until suddenly I go, okay, I've got three or four songs that go together really well. Do these sort of fit the vibe for the label? Are they looking for music too, you know, like, cause not everyone wants to crank out an EP every single month. That's a lot of work for a label to do. So it's sort of a combination of waiting till I've got songs that I'm happy with and that they've got the will and the opening and the release schedule to make it all work. So speaking of new material, you've got a, an exclusive track for us on this episode, don't you? Yes, I do. Um, from the EP I just mentioned with Max Ulis, it's a track called Tom Workout. It's a little faster. There's sort of a techno influence, but also quite melodic. And I'm, I'm really, really happy with it. I think also the fact that it's a dreary day here sort of complements the mood. <laughs> so it's, uh, yeah, it's, I'm really happy with the song and I hope you guys like it. With that in mind, coming in right now is Tom Workout from Gano and Max Ulis.
That's awesome. Thank you for sharing that with us. How did that collaboration come about? Well, Max has helped me along the way, teaching me some techniques with production. And so I took a skit to him, which just started as a drum track, mostly just a percussive thing. And he really liked it and added the the synths on top of it to the track. So it was, it was a good collaboration in that sense, where I sort of had the foundation work and he was able to take it to the next level and turn it into a finished song. That's how the best ones work, right? It's yes. Just, you know, you all come with your different strengths and, and complement each other throughout the process. Speaking of process, you know, the pandemic has obviously forced us all into different kind of states of mind. And I'm wondering how the current conditions have affected you creatively. Well, initially, I kind of just shut down. I think I was overwhelmed by everything. I just sort of walked away from the studio and sort of focused on myself and my own mental health. But as time went on, like I said, I was off work for about two months. I found myself getting back into the studio and hit a nice little stride where I was able to finish quite a few little projects that I'd started previously that were sort of left hanging in the air, which was nice because it's hard to balance making music with a daytime job. You know, you get all this momentum in the studio over the weekend or after work, and then you've got to go back to work. So it puts everything on hold. Whereas I found despite the ongoing crisis, it was actually quite nice to have five or six consecutive days where I could see these ideas right to the end. How do you think that the scene is going to be impacted at the end of all of this? I honestly think it'll be forever changed. It'll be a, a long time until we see mass scale gatherings again. I think people are going to have to get really creative with how they go about it. You know, like we're, I'm sure we'll see small intimate parties pop up in the next months year kind of thing but big like i think of big festivals and whatnot i feel like that's just, like how can you logistically get that many people together and not be worried about spreading any sort of disease so until that is is solved i think it's going to be a lot of small intimate parties which are great too because i mean as, as you know everyone who starts djing you know you don't just start playing in front of a thousand people you start by playing a room of 50 people so if there's lots of those kind of parties i think it'll be good for the scene It'll actually give more room for DJs, I think, because instead of having one party with 500 people, we're going to have 10 parties with 50 people. Right, and it'll actually, yeah, create more platforms, not less. Exactly, yeah. So that's also just me being optimistic. <laughs> no, I like that optimism. I like that optimism a lot. So you, uh, we know you in the US. How is that? How did you make inroads over here? In one word, Astronomar. He gave me my my first legitimate platform to put out music on. You know, I'd worked on some smaller projects and given out free songs, but you know, when you've only got 200 followers, that's not doing much. But he was one of the first people who acknowledged my demos and helped me along the way and put out my first EP with Main Course about three years ago now, I think it was. And that sort of put my name into people's ear in the States. And he actually introduced me to Mike and Andrew from Understated. That's how I discovered Understated was through Astronomer. Yeah, and Bot was on the show recently as well. And uh, Oh, nice. They're, they're great guys. Yes, absolutely. And Main Course was one of the first big labels that caught my attention back in the day when they were doing their... Uh, Every, I think it was every month they were giving out a free EP or something like that. Like they just cranked out material and they put a lot of people onto the scene. So I was really happy to be able to get involved with them. So tell us about the scene in Vancouver. Did you grow up there? No, I grew up in Quebec and Montreal. And then I moved out west because I wanted to be in the mountains. And then as cliche as it sounds, I fell in love and I moved to Vancouver to be here with my girlfriend. But Vancouver has a great scene. I've been here for almost five years now. And they've got lots of really good little warehouse parties, a couple of good crews that are running everything. 
Max, my buddy I referenced before, who I wrote that song with, runs an organization called Slab, and they've brought in some bigger names in the past. They brought Ben UFO in, they brought Omar S this year, which was really good, and they were slated to have a, a handful of really good shows this summer, but obviously the pandemic sort of changed things. That's awesome. I've always been aware of the scene in Vancouver, but don't know it intimately. I mean, in, in LA, I would say that we, you know, there's one club that really kind of rules the roost and that's sound in Hollywood. What clubs doing that out in Vancouver? My personal favorite would be Open Studios. That's what it's called. It's a big concrete building. So it's a perfect place to throw a little rave. It's not super, super big. It's still got a nice intimate feeling and it's a great room with a good sound system and the visuals are always on point. It's a really well curated room. So is there any idea about when the Vancouver scene is going to get moving again, or are you in the same boat as we are over here? Yeah, I think it's sort of one of those, you know, nobody really knows. You know, we could all be optimistic and say that by the fall, everything's going to be fine. But I think the reality is until we get uh, a few months of no new cases, people aren't going to take the risk. Because, I mean, the last thing you'd want to do is, like, go out to a party and then the one person's got it and suddenly everyone's got it and then we're back to square one right exactly yeah we've got to we've got to think of people's health first right so what about all the live stream situation that we found ourselves in have you been enjoying that i have i was saying to a friend of mine the other day i find despite you know you think friday and saturday nights are the nights to do it but i think everyone and their dogs doing it on friday and saturday nights there's like too many options the ones i've actually been watching are the the sort of more uh I guess, random ones, for lack of a better term, you know, when my friends suddenly decide on at two o'clock on a Tuesday afternoon that they're going to play some records for a while. Those are the ones I seem to be getting into the most, the daytime ones. And what was your Dirty Bird stream like? That get the nerves jangling a bit? It did. It, to be honest, it hasn't aired yet. So I've recorded it. It definitely made me nervous and I still am because it hasn't aired. So it's sort of like this anticipation. But recording it was a little frustrating. I've got uh, this cat running around in the background. And while I was recording the, the set, I was about 20 minutes in. He jumped up on the decks and flipped one of them into reverse and created a complete catastrophe <laughs> of the songs that we're playing. So that, uh, you know, there was uh, some some cussing that ensued and uh, kicked the cat out of the room and started the whole thing over again. So the live stream that you guys will be seeing was, I think, the third or fourth attempt before I finally uh, was happy with it. <laughs> when was the last time you deliberately used reverse in a DJ set? Other than a cheeky little backspin, I honestly can't remember. <laughs> cat doesn't know what he's doing. No, no. And it's funny because like... Definitely not a pro. No, well, he'll sit on the decks on the side. He'll, if I've got my turntable covers on, he'll sit on that and he just watches. But this, you know, Murphy's Law dictates that because I'm recording a video, he's going to try and hop up right in front of me to get attention and screwed everything up. So awesome. Cats. What would we do without them? Right. <laughs> so looking ahead for you creatively, where would you like things to move in the next 12 months for you? I've sort of been known for just cranking out music, lots of free downloads and that kind of stuff. And I'm, I'm happy doing that, but I think I'd like to slow down, put a little more TLC into the songs that I'm working on and put more energy into my new label, Club Designs. Just going to throw another plug in there for the label. <laughs> yeah, tell us, tell us a little bit more about Club Designs. I didn't call it out in the intro, so my apologies, but no, no, that's what, okay. what's the ethos behind it and, and who else is involved? And tell Club us Designs is a project that I started with Sammy, who ran top or does run Top Billin Records based out of Helsinki in Finland. And Top Billin's been around for a long time. They've always sort of been known as the big club label based out of Europe. So he approached me about a year ago and we'd started talking about how, you know, Top Billin's been around for a long time and we wanted to do a label that sort of focused more on the uh, ghetto house and electro stuff that seems to be getting 
hugely popular again these days that you know it was really big in the 90s and it sort of died off and it's coming back it seems like so it was sort of just you know we felt like there was the right opening in the scene for this music having been making it for a while now so that knew a handful of artists who were looking for a platform to put their music out so it basically started as a, an idea for my friends and i to put out our music to have a platform to consistently put it out and then it sort of grew at first i thought it was going to be a really small thing but sammy's been in the industry for a while and sort of helped me walk through the process to be a little bit more uh, legitimate so here we are we're only a few months in but i'm really enjoying it and so far things are uh, going quite smoothly so based on who you've been hearing, the demos you've been getting, who should we be looking out for in that scene? Definitely Club Cab is the first name that comes to mind. He's the next EP that comes out. Raw Takes from Russia is insane. He's probably one of the best producers I've stumbled on in the last while. Ghost Whip, another Canadian producer, a really good friend of mine. He's great. E91 from Latvia, he's he's always really good. He's put out releases with Main Course. That's how I found him. We're going to be doing an EP with him in a while. Those are the first few names that, that come to mind. For sure. But there's, yeah, there's, there's a lot of them. Those are just the, the top of my brain right now. That's so exciting. And are you enjoying that, that new element of fielding artists in a different way? Like previously, obviously you're looking for music to play or to inspire <laughs> you. And now you're, you're talking about marketing new material. Yeah, it's interesting because I, you know, I'm, I'm always keen to hear new music. And before the only criteria was, will I play this? Whereas right now it's sort of, you know, it's it's changed. It's not only will I play this, but does it fit the label? Is it the right artist? Is it the right time? Especially because a lot of this, a lot of the ghetto house stuff, despite, you know, at face value being quite crude, is actually quite politically charged sometimes. So with what's going on in the States right now, I certainly got to be careful with, you know, some of the dialogue that comes out of these tracks can be uh, quite offensive to some people. I think making sure that we're not putting out the wrong, the wrong kind of music at the wrong time. And the same artist too, we're trying to be quite picky. I don't want to put out an artist who's on, you know, 18 different labels with 20 different styles of music. We're trying to keep it a little bit more streamlined with club designs. That's really cool. And of course, you've got to think of the commercial element of it as well, right? Because the job is to sell this music, isn't it? Yeah, you know, like I've, I've received some demos that are really cool, but they're also quite experimental and I don't think they would sell well. So that's hard, you know, like it's it's good music, but I just don't necessarily feel like I'm capable of selling that product. So sometimes you've got to say no to music that you otherwise really like, which doesn't mean I can't play it and promote it through the label, but it's not necessarily something that I want to put money and time into to try and sell. Are you excited about coming back to the United States and playing once this is all over? Yes, I'd love to. Before this all started, I was actually in talks with the understated guys about coming down to play some parties there. But right now, it's obviously uh, being put on hold for a while. The other thing, too, is as a Canadian, getting a, a visa to play in the States is quite a process and it's quite expensive, too. So I can't just do it for one show. I've got to organize essentially a mini tour. It's at the top of the list for when the pandemic's over, but it's quite a process. And it uh, I can only imagine, you know, with what's going on right now, it's probably a low priority for the States to even consider issuing out visas for when the pandemic's over. Have you played some other cities in the U.S. other than L.A.? I played Seattle. That would have been a, almost two years ago now. And that was super fun. That was actually another connection through main course. I played with Tony Quattro there at Cremwork. A friend of mine, Rachel Tolufson, who's also a wicked techno DJ, booked me to play there. Yeah, that was super fun. I really like Seattle. It's a cool city. And being in Vancouver, I'm not very far. Yeah, that's just a hop over, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's been really fun having you on the show, and I appreciate you coming on. When's the Dirty Bird release out? Uh, so the remix pack drops on uh, June 26th. Really looking forward to that one.
That's so exciting. And do we have a date for the understated release yet, or are we still working on that? Uh, we do. It's almost locked in. June uh, July 3rd, excuse me, is uh, looking like the date. Well, I'm sure people are going to be really eager to get their hands on both of those. Um, so for now, we thank Garno for coming on the show. Coming in the background, sliding in majestically, is a thriller of a guest mix from Garno. So I appreciate you doing that as well. Sit back, relax, and enjoy that. But for now, stay safe, be well. Thank you for being on the show, and we look forward to seeing you back in LA as soon as possible. Thanks again for having me on. Our pleasure. See ya. The Guest Mix. Don't you do that, 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 don't you
guest mix. that does it for this episode of understates presents la underground thanks for coming along for the ride what a brilliant guest mix from garno we'll be back in two weeks time with another special guest and some amazing underground music but for now look after each other stay safe and until the next time see ya
Understated LA. 